This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome back in. You were listening to the September 1st, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe. And joining me today on the show is an associate editor for 4 for 4 Football, co-founder of Roster Coach, co-host of the Mob Deep, the infamous DFS MVP podcast, and someone that actually appreciates old-school hip-hop as much as I do. Welcome back to the mailbag, my man TJ Hernandez. You can find him on the tweets at, you guessed it, TJ Hernandez. Great to have you back on the show, man. What's good, TJ? What's up, Gummy? I'm uh, I'm starting to get curious how many times I've been on Rotoviz Radio. I want to know where I rank uh, among uh, non-Rotoviz contributors, and if, if it's near the top, I want I want Fantasy Douche to give me an honorary R team Hey, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, on, the, on the page. You, you know, I think that's justified. You, you've got to be in the top three in the least. I mean, I think that's probably warranting some sort of royalties, right? I'm, I'm trying. I'm just trying to uh, to get it from as many spots as I can at this point. All right, douche. Well, if, if you heard that, you, you, you know what we're looking for here. <laughs> Today we're going to be answering all the questions for the week regarding Dynasty Trades, Best Ball ADP, Redraft Outlooks, Player Takes, etc. TJ, before we dive right in though, you recently wrote a piece over at Sports Illustrated covering where to splurge and where to save in DFS contests. Talk a little bit about the piece and give us a couple examples for NFL Week 1 right around the corner. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm excited and kind of overwhelmed that it's that close. But uh, I mean that, that piece was basically given a rundown for a general DFS approach for those that haven't played the game much, talking about where you should spend your salary and where you shouldn't, uh, comparing cash games and GPPs. And uh, what it talked about was narrowing your range of outcomes for cash games. And generally the way to do that is is um, spending at the more predictable positions. With the high, obviously, you always want high ceiling, but those high floors are uh, easy to predict. Running back is... Uh, actually the, the most predictable positions in terms of uh, fantasy point expectations. So spinning up there, guys like Le'Veon and DJ on, on FanDuel, if you, if you maneuver it right, you can actually jam both of those guys into your lineup. 
Um, and then quarterback, not as necessary on DraftKings. You, you can usually actually spin down on DraftKings just because their, their pricing is uh, a little different than it was a couple years ago. But um, given the choice, you, you want a, a quarterback that's at least going to be decent. And then wide receiver and cash games is going to be wide receiver and tight ends. They're, they're more volatile. So on DraftKings, I, I do like to spin up for uh, a high-priced wide receiver possible just because you get that full PPR scoring. But on FanDuel, where it's, uh, the, it's a little more slanted towards touchdowns their scoring is, uh, you can generally spin, spin down a little bit. And then tight end, I'm, I'm almost always punting tight end uh, in cash games whenever possible. GPPs kind of flips out on its head. Um, your your pass catchers, specifically your wide receivers, have um, a much wider range of outcomes, but that means they also have the highest ceiling. So uh, being more willing to spin up on, on your wide receivers and embrace that volatility in GPPs. Um, quarterbacks and GPPs, kind of the same theory. Um, you're, you're just kind of looking for guys that are going to score um, a lot of points in high-scoring games. So the, the salary is really fluctuated quarterback in cash games, but a lot of times you can get away with uh, saving money at the running back position uh, in GPP. So that's what that article covered, just kind of some uh, some some general advice for those that haven't uh, dipped their toe into the DFS waters yet. Yeah, well, I'm all about saving money at any position because I'm cheap AF, right? But uh, just a ton of great strategy information there, all cooped up into one one piece. Uh, so check that out over at Sports Illustrated. And TJ, there's a shit ton of great content hitting the scene lately over at Roster Coach, also talking about strategery and whatnot. So what are a couple of your favorite new posts on the site? This is a mailbag after sh- after all, right? So I think there's probably some inherent synergy helping listeners of this show understand why a sub to Roster Coach is worth the while. Yeah, man, I'm always about all the, all the strategery I can get. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, so what roster coach is for those don't know that don't know it's uh it's it's the website that I founded last year it's it's video based content um, focused on on classroom style uh, evergreen timeless content really focused on the process of DFS obviously we're getting into football season so uh, we've been focusing a lot on football looking at things like uh, DraftKings Kings cash game strategy uh, positional correlations doing some advanced stat stuff one of the favorite one of my favorite things that we're doing right now uh, uh frisco josh on twitter he's doing a course um using air yards in fantasy football and that how that can be predictive of value in fantasy football specifically in dfs uh so lots of really cool stuff going on over there for people that are interested in in the process my process or any of any of the, the really smart dudes we have putting out content over there it's with the video format, you really get a chance to, I mean, essentially look over my shoulder and see what I'm doing day in and day out rather than me just writing down a few value picks each week and telling you who to play. Uh, it really shows you how to play DFS. Uh, more content than I could go over in one podcast, but some, some really cool stuff. And I think it's pretty fun to see how uh, not only myself, but other guys research DFS every week. Yeah, one of the ways I like to research is actually by going camping. And we did so this weekend, me and a couple guys, and we were talking about uh, up-and-coming fantasy drafts here. And one of the topics that seemed to dominate the conversation, TJ, was really about those first tier of wide receivers and the similar range of outcomes that they all uh, kind of have. And we all fell on different cards when we're talking about the likes of A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, and Jordy Nelson. So any strong takes from this range for the season? I mean, A.J. Green is a guy that I'm – He's basically like number one in that two, that second tier of wide receivers for me. We have Antonio, um, Odell, and Julio, and then after that, uh, AJ's 
pretty easily my wide receiver four. He's he's scored at least 17.2 uh, PPR points per game in the last five seasons. Uh, that would have finished as a wide receiver seven last season, so his floor is very high. And then last year he was on pace to lead the league in targets before he got hurt. Uh, Andy Dalton is a guy that I've talked about nonstop this offseason, expected to uh, to turn things around, especially in the touchdown column. I think Andy Dalton's going to have a really good year, and if he does, uh, I think that means A.J. has a really good year as well. So I'm slightly above Thomas and Jordy. Uh, and, and then I think it's a coin flip between those guys. The only knock on Michael Thomas is we've never really seen a wide receiver command a huge target share in this offense, even going back to Jimmy Graham. Uh, but if we look at things like Matt Harmon's reception perception, I'm not sure that uh, Drew Brees has had a receiver that's as good as Michael Thomas. Jordy Nelson, we know what we're getting. He is uh, one of the most efficient touchdown scorers in the league with one of the most efficient uh, touchdown scorers at quarterback. So his upside's very high, but I think Michael Thomas actually has room to grow. So uh, if I'm at the turn and they're both sitting there, I'm probably getting Michael Thomas. But the cool thing is they are being drafted at the turn. So a lot of teams that you build, you don't have to choose. You can get Michael Thomas and Jordy on the same team. But if, if, you're, uh, if you have to pick, I think I give a slight nod to Thomas, but it's not by much. Yeah, I'm with you on A.J. Green, and then I think I get the slight nod to Jordy there between him and Thomas, but to, to your point, I think it's really tit for tat. In any of these types of either-or questions, I, I'd be remiss not to throw out there that all of the rankings have been updated at rotaviz.com, so sim simply click on rankings. You can take a look at that. Great similarity score applications, game-level similarity projections, custom projections. I know Ben Gretsch actually just created the wide receiver tiers over there. And if at any point you click on any of those links and you get the uh, subscribe here, simply go to the podcast link because that's where we're actually going to give you a 30% discount to look at all of that content and everything else through that NFL Pass, through the NFL Podcast homepage. Again, that's rotaviz.com slash podcast. That subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the premium NFL content, and it also supports this pod. Look, if you want to support this pod, subscribe to and rate it on the Rotaviz Radio channel on iTunes. Look, it takes hard work getting this show out for you guys every week, so do us a solid, hit that rate button. And, of course, if you have any questions you want answered, QQs on this show, Email us, rotovisradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get that taken care of for you as well. All right, TJ, let's get funky here. Here we go. Keeper, PPR, hey, guys, love the content. Thanks. Budget of $250, which two would you keep? Antonio Brown for 81 bucks. Stefan Diggs, 16 or Sammy Watkins for 5 Uh, I mean, it, Antonio's going right in this spot pretty much for – what I would expect to pay for him in the draft. Diggs and Watkins are getting a little bit of a discount, especially on Diggs. I mean, I think he could return value of some like the $60, $70 wide receivers, even with $250 budget. Um, assuming that at least a couple of uh, Julio, Odell, Antonio, AJ will be in the pool, um, then I'll keep Diggs and Watkins because even if it wasn't a keeper league, this is probably what I would end up paying for Antonio anyway. Uh, the only way I'm probably keeping Antonio here is if uh, none of those guys I mentioned are available, then uh, you probably don't want to let go of AB. But uh, but given those those situations, um, probably take the discount with Diggs and Watkins. I, I always want to get some value on my keepers. 
Yeah, with you there 100% as well. In worst case scenario, you can always go back and get Antonio Brown for that range. And if he ends up above $81, then I think you made a prudent call there anyway. And if any in that top tier end up below $81, then you've got the, the cap room to get him. All right, PPR, $200 auction budget. Longtime listener and wrote of his member. Thank you, sir. Or madam, right? Start three wide receiver, two running back, one tight end, and one quarterback. I can keep five players of this laundry list, TJ. Here we go. Alshon, Jeffrey, that is, $22. Willie Sneed, $17. Lamar Miller, $16. Corey Coleman, $11. Jordan Matthews, 8 bucks. Gio Bernard, 7 Richard Matthews, 6 CJ Prosize, 5 Deshaun Jackson, Kevin White, and Paul Perkins are all at $3. What do you got for the five here? Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I'm when I'm looking at keepers, I'm looking to get value that I can't get in a draft. Uh, so starting at the bottom, I, I think Kevin White probably could go for a couple more bucks given the injury to Cam Meredith. Uh, Djax is definitely a value, so I'm keeping two. Uh, Lamar Miller at sixteen. He's probably priced, I would say, maybe two-thirds of, of what I might expect to pay for him in a $200 auction budget. So I keep Lamar. And then unless you really like Alshon or Sneed, I mean, that's kind of market value for them in a $200 uh, league. So I'd probably just keep those guys and not force myself to keep five. If I have to keep five, it would I would just keep Alshon and Sneed, but you're not really getting a discount. Uh, you're pretty much paying what you would expect, so that, that's the way I would go. Yeah, yeah, good point on Alshon and Willie Sneed there. That that essentially is market value. I'm taking Lamar. I'm taking J-Matt for $8. I think he's kind of a, a bargain down there. Uh, Deshaun Jackson for $3 is a screaming value. Paul Perkins mm-hmm. at 3 bucks, And then, yeah, Kevin White for 3 or CJ Prosize for 5 um, it, I, I want to take CJ Prosize here, TJ, but he's the type of running back. He's been injured. Who knows what's going on now? I was all in on him early, but he just hasn't been able to not um, be injured, right? But um, he's the kind of player that you could probably just hang on. And you might get him for a couple bucks late in this auction, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, like I said, said with uh, the last keeper question, if, if it's someone you think you can you can get or get the same type of player back in the draft at the same price, it's like, what, what's the point of keeping him? Right. All right, TJ, coming straight for the jugular here. Your most embarrassing moment you can share. Probably uh, have more embarrassing ones that I just can't think of, but the the one that comes to mind is my first time in Vegas with a few friends. We did the whole bottle service at Pure back when Pure was still a popular nightclub in Caesar's mm-hmm. Palace. Bottle service waitress spills half of our bottle of Patron, so to make up for it, a uh, club manager brings us out a full table of shots of Patron, uh, and at this time, I'm 21, maybe 22, first, first time in Vegas. I'm like, yeah, no, no one's going to drink these, uh, these Patron shots. Let me, let me help you out with that. Uh, cut to me throwing up on a slot machine in Caesar's Palace and, um, getting, uh, taxied home, uh, waking up in, in a bunch of throw up in, in my hotel room. So, uh, yeah, throw, throwing up on a slot machine in Caesar's Palace is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is fun, though. It's all about the experiences, right? Yeah, I got, I got a really good story and a, a visceral hate for Patron now, so it was <laughs> worth it. Yeah, my my buddy and I, this was uh, before I had kids uh, newlywed, but a bunch of us actually went out to Vegas, and we uh, stayed at Imperial Palace at the time, mm-hmm. rest, in, rest in peace. And we were, oh, man. 
Michael Michael Jackson, uh, the the impersonator, uh, Friday and Saturday nights was just gold, pure pure gold. Uh-huh. So yeah, we were, we were hanging out at what we called the Circle Bar. It was an outdoor uh, fancy bar where they're throwing everything up in the air and whatnot. Well, everybody's uh-huh. walking around with the big drinks around their 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 necks, right? Those those long three foot drinks. And so my buddy and I say we want one of those. And I said, okay, well, what do you want? <laughs> My buddy says Jack and Coke, but he didn't know I was talking about one of those three-foot things. So I said, all right, let's oh. go. So, yes, I paid $80 for us oh. to get two Jack and Cokes in that long tube. Both of the bulbs at the bottom were completely filled with Jack and Coke. We were just hanging out, having a good time drinking those things, and then the wives call us and say, okay, we're ready for dinner. And we look at each other and go, well, what the hell are we supposed to do now? <laughs> and he says, well, my wife can't know that I have this thing filled with Jack and Coke. I said, there's only one thing you can do now. He said, what's Chug that? It. Chug it. So so we did. We chugged it. We made it uh, about halfway through dinner before he was puking um, on the table in the restaurant. <laughs> it's a good look. I mean, listen, everyone <laughs> should have an embarrassing Vegas story. If you don't, you've never been to Vegas or you're a liar. This this is factually correct. Uh, good times. All right, redraft, PPR. I have the second draft pick in my draft this Sunday, and obviously I'm taking either Bell or DJ, but my question is whether or not I should take Ezekiel Elliott if he falls back to me in the second. Yeah, I brought this up on the show a couple weeks ago, actually, with Matt Harmon, and essentially, TJ, I said, somebody in the team has to kind of take one for the team, whether it's in the early second round or middle of the second round, because, you know, if Forbidden only misses a couple games, whoever, whatever the case is, if the Bell, AB, or DJ owner ends up with Zeke, that's just deadly for the league. So I, I think, yeah, he has to take them. Yeah, three or four days ago, I would have said no because I'm I'm just not taking a running back that's going to miss half the season with a high leverage pick. But now it's looking like they this hearing might get pushed back a couple more days. They're saying that the suspension might get reduced and still might even play week one. So I mean, if if it only ends up being like a four-game suspension, I think it's probably worth the risk because uh, even if we take uh, Bell or DJ out of the equation given all that new information, the 2-3 turn is probably where I'd be thinking about Zeke anyway. So if he falls back to that 2-3 turn, um, I mean, if you're not someone that needs to load up on receivers, you think you could replace it, like, you can theoretically get, like, three really good running backs, but you don't have to. I mean, you can still wait. If it ends up being four th- four games, you can wait till the 10th round, get quiz, get a starter for three weeks, and then just have one game where you need to fill in for Zeke. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it with this talk of it being reduced now. Very good. All right, redraft from the forums. What exactly is a 1RB strategy? Does it simply mean to draft one early stud running back and hammer wide receivers for four to five rounds? And if, have you tried it? Yet, TJ, I have personally done this a lot in best ball leagues this year, uh, typically with like a Melvin Gordon type where, you know, if I don't get that top three, um, I don't mind going for that that uh, workhorse type of running back so long that he actually has potential to, to be a workhorse. Granted, yes, you're still going to be dealing with that injury concern, but I don't mind shooting for the moon with one high-profile running back and then hammering wide receivers. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've never really heard it called a 1RB strategy, kind of a, a variation of 0RB, but I guess same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have the top two picks, it's like easy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm taking... Bell or DJ. After that, I mean, there aren't a lot of running backs in the first few rounds that I'm, it, if we're talking redraft, like it's so easy to replace those running backs through the waiver wire. That's a part a lot of people forget. Like a, a huge part of zero RB is the waiver wire. 
Um, but if I if I see someone like um, like Kareem Hunt uh, hanging around in, in the mid rounds, and yeah, I really like that. But if we're only talking about the first one, one or two rounds, the only guys I really like doing this with are Bell or DJ. I just don't like um, spending my high leverage picks on any of those tier two or tier three running backs. Very good. All right, TJ, what is your favorite memory? Mm, I think I'm going to go sports-related here. I have 1A and 1B. Um, I was at the game when, when the A's won their 20th game uh, in a row, so if anyone has ever seen Moneyball, oh, all, those, all, all those games that they're highlighting in there, uh, I was at all those games. Like That was my last summer before I moved to San Diego, so uh, that's cool. And then I was... Um, I was at Torrey Pines when Tiger won his last major that Monday playoff at the U.S. Open. I was there Sunday and Monday. So those two sporting events are definitely uh, top two sporting memories. Those are what popped in my head. I really wish I was appreciating golf back then when Tiger was doing what he was doing because that's just it's unheard of. I, I've been to countless sporting events, playoff games. Uh, I never got to see Jordan in person, unfortunately, but – Seeing Tiger Woods in his prime up close being on a tee box is like one of the most electric feelings I've ever had in my life. I'm not someone that gets starstruck. I worked in Vegas for a couple of years, and, you know, you see a lot of celebrities out there, and it's cool. But being close to Tiger at that time, there was – I've never felt a buzz like that in my life. And then you add the fact that it was a major, and it was it was pretty insane. Yeah, I, I can only imagine – all right, keeper league. Here we go. John Brown or Ted Ginn Jr. Rest of season. Yeah, I'm. I think uh, I, I like the upside of Brown. He has uh, opportunity to uh, really have a lot of targets in offense. We know that that uh, they're going to throw the ball deep. Uh, Ted Ginn is going to have some really big splash plays, but I don't think he's going to necessarily command uh, the target share that John Brown might if he emerges as that clear wide receiver two in the offense like we expected him to after his second season. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, willing to take on the risk still with John Brown. Uh, you know, I think it's manageable for the for the year. And and I also like these types of questions, right, because the, the rest of season, either or, they really set up a good atmosphere for kind of the, the player prop type of bets throughout the, the, the overall football season and then some of those NFL player futures uh, props that and, and bets that you can take advantage of as well. TJ, ever since I started hosting the mailbag, people have obviously been asking for advice, right? Usually it's like, who do I start between these two guys? But I do also tend to get some questions about which team to bet on. So let me tell you, TJ, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And this is why the pro move is actually to get over to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. And so off the bat, you're already making money by doing nothing. If you remember the DFS industry a couple years ago, they actually did have 100% cash bonuses. If you want to take advantage of an offer like that, you got to get over to MyBookie. If you like fast payouts, get over to MyBookie. They're the fastest. Seriously, it's only two business days. Look, guys, you listen to this show. That already gives you an edge. Lay down some cash and win big. I'd only recommend a service to our listeners that's actually been good to me, and MyBookie has indeed been good to me. That's why I'm urging everyone to make your way over to MyBookie you win, they pay. It's simple. That's actually an important consideration if we're being honest. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new 
mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. For me personally, it's on the pot. That's where I get all my work done with all these kids in this damn house. So make sure to check out the mobile app as well. And join now and my bookie will match your deposit up to 100% on that bonus. All you have to do is use the promo code ROTOMAILBAG, activate your offer, visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. TJ, get paid, get laid, as the great mans would say. Which brings us to the Fuck, Mary Kill, <laughs> Week 1 DFS edition. Todd Gurley, Zach Ertz, or Carson Wentz? All right, so um, I'm going to marry Zach Ertz because tight end is, uh, he's, he's going to be pretty reliable in this spot and at a position where you, you usually can't rely on. Um, Washington's pretty mediocre against tight ends, at least last year, and, and Ertz should see a pretty decent target volume with Matthews out of the way now. I think I gotta fuck Todd Gurley. He's kind of a wild card. Don't don't really want to trust him. Uh, definitely don't want to bring him home to mom. But uh, he he can uh, he can have a lot of uh, he could be really exciting against uh, a, a Colts without a Colts team without Andrew Luck that has a really bad defense. So kind of by default, I'm just gonna kill Carson Wentz because uh, I don't I don't really need him. I could find uh, another Carson Wentz somewhere else. Very good, nicely done, sir. Um, not bringing Gurley back to mom. <laughs> there's there's a many many different ways I can go with that TJ, but I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna move on from there. <laughs> Redraft from the forums. Rank these guys in terms of ceiling and floor. Chris Hogan, Robbie Anderson, or Kevin White. Uh, I think Hogan pretty clearly has uh, the high ceiling of these guys. In the Patriots offense, we know what kind of numbers they can put up through the passing game. Uh, we've seen Hogan really have uh, big games with Brady and. Uh, I, I think he can emerge as, as a really big touchdown score in this offense. I'm just going to go Kevin White uh, by default with a higher uh, ceiling than Robbie Anderson just because I think the Jets are going to be an absolute dumpster fire. I don't know if there's going to be – they'll be lucky for there to be double-digit receiving touchdowns in this offense. Um, ceiling comes from touchdowns. Uh, but then the, the floor is interesting. There's, there's a little bit of flip-flop here. I, I think – White and Anderson actually both have higher floors than Hogan. I think Hogan has a really wide range of outcomes. He doesn't play the same position as Edelman, so he's not necessarily just going to slide into a huge number of targets. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. So I, I'm i not sure that he's going to get the guaranteed volume that White and Anderson have. They're going to be the de facto number ones. I think White's floor is probably a little bit higher just because, like I mentioned, Jets are going to be a dumpster fire, but... Uh, Top wide receivers can flourish in garbage time, so there's going to be a lot of garbage time for Anderson. So the volume will be there. There's just not going to be much upside. Yeah, very, very good way of looking at that right as well. I, everyone is kind of crowning Chris Hogan right now, but we really don't know how that volume is going to, going to be shaken up. But you, you can't disagree with the fact that he's going to have the highest ceiling here. I, I do, you know, from an FFPC uh, vantage point, for instance, I, I was all over Quincy Inunua at his draft position. Robbie Anderson's certainly going to be at a value now uh, on a site like FFPC, and they get a bunch of other stuff going on at F FFPC as well. Hey, Rotovis fans. I want to take a minute to tell you about our friends at the FFPC, who are celebrating their 10th year as the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. If you love the best ball format, the FFPC has you covered. The popular FFPC Draft Experts League started just a $35 entry fee and go up to $1,250 for the high rollers. Drafts are filling fast, so you won't have to wait long for your league to fill. Now, if that's not enough, the FFPC has introduced a brand new concept to season-long, double-up best ball leagues with 100% payout. Yep, 
You heard that right. 100% payout. Simply draft in a $35 or $250 entry FFPC Draft Experts League. Finish in the top half of the league at the end of the season. That's the top six teams, and you will double your entry fee for the next year. Double Up Leagues are the best deal in fantasy, so get on them now and start drafting. Do not miss the FFPC experience, folks. Go to MyFFPC.com. Register now. That's MYFFPC.com. Join your fellow players today at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Okay, we are talking fantasy football, Road of His Mailbag Questions, this week with TJ Hernandez of 4 for 4 Football, and we're diving right back in here. All right, TJ, player outlook. I know everyone seems to be all over Devontae Parker now. Is he worth the price in redraft now, and should I be looking to acquire him in Dynasty? Yeah, I was actually uh, tweeting about Parker uh, a few weeks before before Jay Cutler came in, and I think that's a lot of the reason that people are on Parker now, because uh, the Cutler-Gase combo with the big Devontae Parker X receiver is really intriguing, but, uh, I mean, physically Parker fits that big X receiver's closest uh, physical comp is A.J. Green, but if we look at his uh, his production in the first two seasons, he's kind of on a similar early career trajectory as guys like Doug Baldwin, Martavis Bright, and Kenny Britt. If we uh, just look at target volume and then we look at uh, touchdown and, and uh, efficiency rate, so... I think he's a guy that can really explode going into year three. As far as paying for his ADP, I think he's creeped up into like sixth or seventh round. Um, if he's going as high as sixth round, it's going to depend on what my draft looks like. If, if I went more balanced, then he's going to be like a guaranteed starter in my wide receiver core. I'm probably going to shy away from him. But if you draft like I tend to draft really wide receiver heavy early and he's like ends up being like my wide receiver five or something, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Devontae Parker, I definitely want to target in all my redraft leagues, and I'll pay the piper in uh, Dynasty as well. To your point, I I just think Devontae Parker at this point can definitely explode on the scene. All right, TJ, what is the worst job, the worst job you ever had? I um, I was looking for a um, a finance job when I graduated college. I graduated college in 2007 with a finance degree, which um, is historically probably probably the worst time ever to graduate with a finance degree. Uh, so at that time, there were a lot of finance-slash-sales positions being posted. Um, what I didn't realize was that those jobs were basically door-to-door sales. Uh, so <laughs> I show up, uh, go through this interview. This girl says she's going to take me out on the field, um, and she's basically selling coupons door-to-door. Uh, so about an hour into it, I tell her I have to go to the bathroom. Um, and we're just walking down the street. I tell her I saw a porta potty around the corner, and I call a cab and just hightail it without <laughs> ever saying another word. No, I have no idea how that how that girl's day went. Uh, they didn't call me back, to say the least. What 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 kind of coupons were they? Do you remember? Uh, they were like like restaurant. It was like those big books of coupons that you hear say get this for twenty five dollars and four. Like it it was uh, one of the worst. One of the worst ever, but, I mean, luckily I got out of it. <laughs> when I was in college for a little bit, I was actually doing uh, newspaper sales door-to-door, 
And uh, so it, it was manageable, right? It was it was also door-to-door was the worst. Come on, let's be real. But one of them, uh, before I got that gig, it was doing door-to-door business or business-to-business, basically anywhere you can get to sell these paintball discount coupons. I mean, can you actually go out there for six, seven, eight hours and try to just get people to buy paintball coupons? Like, what do you do? Walk into a dentist's office and say, hey, do you guys like paintball? I tried that. TJ, it sucked. It was awful. I went back after day one and I said, I refuse to come back the next day. And I think the guy offered me, just come back. You know, we'll, we'll bump up your commission a little bit more. Let, let's just try it out for another day. I said, no, no, absolutely not. Soul, soul sucking. <laughs> it really is. All right. DFS, who are a couple tight end pivots off of uh, Zach Ertz, the chalk in week one? Uh, yeah. So if we're looking at FanDuel pricing, uh, Tyler Eifert's only $200 more than Zach Ertz. I mean, it looks like Eifert's going to be a go in week one. Uh, we know what kind of upside he has. Kyle Rudolph is only $100 uh, less on FanDuel. So Ertz is sandwiched right between those two guys who uh, both have a lot of touchdown upside. Rudolph is going to be playing against the Saints, and I believe he led all tight ends in uh, red zone target share last year. Uh, on DraftKings, Ertz is priced really low, so it's kind of hard to find a, a pivot off of him. One really interesting one is Cameron Brait at $3,100. That's 400 less than Ertz, but still in that lower tier range. Uh, we know Brait's really active in the red zone. A lot of people are going to be looking at Deshaun and Mike Evans. Uh, OJ Howard's going to be a blocking tight end. They've already came out and said that. I think Brait's going to have a, a pretty nice year, and it could start in week one. And then if you really want to get frisky on DraftKings, uh, Charles Clay's an interesting one because the Bills play the Jets. And the Bills' Bills offense is trending down pretty bad. I think a lot of people are going to be avoiding them. But the Jets, I mean, I I want something going against the Jets. So uh, may, maybe just throw a, a dart or two with Clay at 3,200 could be interesting. Good stuff, TJ. Movie within a movie time. Take one movie's cast of characters, pick them up, move them into a completely different movie plot. What is the new movie? How does it play out? I, I didn't even... It took me so long to understand what was going on with this question, but uh, I think I think I got something for us. I think we we take the cast of Sandlot and we put them in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, <laughs> Squints is the main character, and and Wendy Peppercorn runs off with Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Um, but instead of Squints finding a new girl in Hawaii, him and Small start start crashing weddings. And their their kind of shtick is that the beast, the the dog Hercules, is Squint's um, service animal for anxiety. <laughs> oh, that's that's all, that's all I got. No, you nailed it, TJ. You absolutely nailed it. So who so who who does the shower scene when 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 dude from Forgetting Sarah Marshall comes out, his towel falls off? Is that Squint's? Oh, Squint's is the main character. He's he's yeah, he's got to do all of it. Oh man, and, and Wendy Peppercorn. Runs off with, with Benny the Jet, huh? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, who would have thunk? Oh man, I don't know. I I just completely lost all respect for Benny the Jet at this. I point. just ruined. I ruined a lot of childhoods just now. You just ruined mine, TJ. I'm sorry. I I made the the visual. I I actually went there, and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DFS, I always pay down a quarterback in DK uh, in cash games, especially now that prices are as low as 4K for quarterbacks uh, from the floor perspective, I assume here. Carson Wentz was my early target, but can I get away with using either Jared Goff or Deshaun Kaiser? Yeah, that, that's a really good observation. Uh, DraftKings did lower the floor quarterback pricing, so uh, when these uh, 
new starting quarterbacks do come up, they're going to be really good values. Um, I don't always pay down. I like to if the opportunity is right, but uh, you got to remember there's there's a lot of quarter. You want your quarterback to at least have the opportunity to win you the week as well. I mean, you want that high floor with with your cash game quarterbacks. Um, I, I like Wentz's value a lot on DraftKings this week. I don't think I want to go as low as Goff or Kaiser. Um, they're they're decent values from a projection standpoint, but you got to be thinking about range of outcomes for cash games, and those guys have huge range of outcomes. There's a really good chance they could put up duds, even in spots that look good. Um, Kaiser's not even a good spot. I, I don't want that. Goff is probably going to be a no good spot uh, against the Colts without um, Andrew Luck, but still, I'm, I'm not touching that for cash. Sounds good. Yeah, definitely not Kaiser. I mean, to your point, it's not even a good spot. I mean. You know, we saw we saw this with Johnny Manziel on his first NFL start, right? It didn't mm-hmm. quite work out. We his first week one there. Now Jared Goff though with Indy though, I mean, I don't know. I I might actually sign off on on Goff at, for four point eight. Um, it, clearly Carson Wentz is the the optimal play though. There's there's definitely no denying yeah. that. If DK. you're going down to if you're going down to Goff and and not doing it to get to DJ and Bell together in cash, then there's really no point. Hundred percent, absolutely. All right, redraft. Who are your favorite defensive streaming options for Week One? Uh, I, I mean, I we don't have like ownership percentages yet, or, or not completed ownership percentages for teams. So usually that's what we use a, as a cutoff. So I guess just looking at teams going outside the top twelve. Um, I would say the Bills against the Jets, and then uh, the Rams against the Colts. They're, neither of them are being drafted as top twelve defenses right now, and. Uh, I already talked about how bad the Jets are going to be on offense. And then uh, without Andrew Luck, Rams should be a pretty easy choice to stream. Absolutely. Yeah, Rams have top five weekly upside here for sure. All right, TJ, the worst date you've ever been on? The worst date I've ever been on. I, I, I couldn't think of, of a specifically bad date, so I'm just going to say um, every every first date that led to a, a long-term relationship and an inevitable painful breakup. So, yeah, all, all of those, all, all of those horrible first dates. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Did you go for <laughs> Wendy, Wendy Peppercorn? Was that it? I'll, I always go for Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> That's why I'm still single. Yeah, but you know what? You gotta set, you gotta set your, your high, your, your, uh, dreams high. What, what am I trying to say here? Set the bar high, right? Yeah, set the bar high. Yeah. You gotta just, yeah, shoot for the clouds. Who, what's the worst that could happen? That's right. You know, throw me a latch. I'll give you the moon. What do you want? Yeah, it's like my DFS bankroll. Like I just keep throwing, going for uh, the Millie Maker and coming up empty handed. <laughs> it's a really nice analogy for life. <laughs> the, my my romantic comedy is the Millie Maker. I haven't won yet. That's that's great. <laughs> All right, player outlook. Should I be looking at Stefan Diggs moving outside as a positive or a negative? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Um. Diggs is one of the more talented wide receivers in the league. He's uh, really efficient at, at pretty much every route that he runs. And I think the knock on on the situation is that Bradford doesn't throw deep a lot or didn't throw deep a lot last year. But again, his best receiver was playing in the slot. Diggs was playing a lot in the slot. And if we look at uh, Bradford's accuracy and, and efficiency deep last year when they did throw deep, he was he was kind of, uh, really really good, better than we would expect. So I think Diggs is uh, a guy that is going to just boost 
the overall value of that team no matter where he lines up, and Bradford's good enough to get it to him. I think Diggs is in for a huge year. So did Wendy Peppercorn run off with Benny the Jet before or after her and Squints had all those kids? Oh, before. Come on, we have to have a little bit of uh, we gotta we got to keep it uh, a little not so heartbreaking. It's not so, okay. So Alicia, I mean, she makes it back to Squints for right or wrong. Yeah, 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 sure. I, I I can't I just can't get over this one, TJ. I mean, I know I, I'm, I'm uh, it's really messing with you. I think we could <laughs> I think we actually have to start writing the script. That that's it. That's it. Who so who's going to play said Wendy Peppercorn then? That's what we really need to know. Oh man, I oof. That's a tough one. Um Wow. Ta- Taylor but, Swift. Taylor Swift. Okay. I was gonna stick with an actress, but I like this Taylor Swift call. I was I, gonna go. With, I was gonna go with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, oh man, you're speaking my language now. I can, <laughs> I can dig that. All right, TJ. Last but not least, a 2017 NFL bold prediction. Best red zone quarterback throwing to the best red zone wide receiver in the league. Uh, Eric Decker leads all wide receivers in reception touchdowns in 2017. Boom! Smoking. Nice. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast. If you have any questions you want answered on the RV Mailbag, you can submit those via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotovizradio. Use the hashtag RV Mailbag. TJ, man, always a pleasure. Many thanks for carving out the time. Any last-minute plugs? Um, everything we mentioned up front is where you can find me, 4from4.com rostercoach.com, and, of course, uh, Chris Raybon and I uh, dropping DFS goodies on the DFS MVP podcast every week with the best intro music in the game. Every single week with the best intro music, and this is factually correct. Be sure to follow him on the tweets at TJ Hernandez, and don't forget to rate and review this show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Are you, are you on a sailboat, DJ? I fucking wish. <laughs> Seriously, I signed up to, to coach my kids' soccer team, man. Yeah, the, the kids are their kids are great, right? The kids are fun, you know. They just want to show up, have a good time. It's the parents that are freaking piranhas. Of course, it's awful. I've got a parent wondering why we're practicing twice a week instead of one time a week. He wants to limit kids' activities. And, and I mean, I, I, fine. You want to bask in your glory of mediocrity, that, that's fine, right? I know it's just rec soccer, but, you know. Parents are brutal. Yeah, I mean, you paid for it. I mean, if you want to ensure your kid gets one practice a week, you have one way of making that happen. <laughs> Sign up to coach, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> or don't sign up your kid for a sport that requires a bunch of activity and running and I don't know.
Are we um, on on Zencaster? We just good to go from, from where we're at right now. Um, I'm on Audacity, so I okay. just uh, yeah, I, I do all this stuff later. Okay, cool. Just make sure you don't need anything for me. No, no, nothing. All right. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm not all I'm not about that life, man. You you come on the show. And you're helping me out here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything. <laughs> All right. I mean, if you want to send me a recording, I mean, I've also got a shitload of laundry to get to. I gotta make the kids' lunches later on. Like, <laughs> I could use help with that. Oh, well, well. I mean, I'm, I'm just picturing like uh, Saturday Night Live ask right? Wendy Peppercorn, and okay, after she she left Squints. Benny the Jack, and then after that she goes back to Squints, but it was just completely <laughs> out of, like, she's so pissed, she resents him, she has all these kids, you know, and they're, like, running around, and one of them doesn't have their diaper on, right? Like, yeah. she's, she's, she's just fucking sitting there chain-smoking the city. So I was just gonna say, smoking cigarettes, just hashing <laughs> them on the floor, not even in the ashtray. She's fucking Chuck Norris. <laughs> That's oh, man. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna go on the script here. He's got potential. I think it does too. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.